What's up, you guys? We have been a little bit incognito for the last couple of weeks. Um, We talked a bit about it in our last Big Little Life episode. Dallin and I had, or I did, I don't know. I don't even know the words. I I had a miscarriage, and we've just been taking a break. And after the miscarriage, I ended up getting a kidney infection, and we don't know if it's connected or not. We're just kind of in the in the like recovery, healing, figure out what else is wrong with me phase. And October just sucked for our family. Were there bright sides? Yes. Did we have happy moments? Yes. Did we have a miscarriage and did we have a kidney infection? Yeah. And then on top of that, we're just kind of going through this murky place of, I don't know, you guys... Having a family vlog, having a daily vlog, having a podcast puts us out there for like it. It's hard for us to talk when we're trying to not talk about things like the thing you don't want to talk about is the thing that is just right in your mind. And it's hard to dive deep into anything because you feel like the only thing your mind is kind of revolving around is this big secret in your head. And I guess for Dallin and I, that secret has been we don't know what we believe anymore. And we're just in this like murky place. And when you grow with regards to our religion. Yeah. And when you grow up in a and I, I I'm not saying people who believe I think are stupid or people who don't believe I think are stupid. We're just figuring out A we're more complex than we thought we were as far as our beliefs go. And B we don't know where our we don't, we don't know what we believe anymore. And it's a really weird place to be religiously when you grew up in a very structured, very, I would say beautiful religion that has so many good things about it. Um, to kind of come to this place, hashtag when you turn 30, um, where you just don't know if you believe it or resonate with it or, can be a witness for it anymore. Like all of these things I grew up thinking I would be and all these if things. If anybody doesn't know, we grew up in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Mormons. We were true blue. Um, all these things Dallin thought he, we would believe our whole life. Like we had our whole life kind of mapped out in our heads and now we're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. like what even comes next? Who are we? Like what? I don't know. It's hard to, think about it's kind of like this ship is taking or like if i was a pizza it's like someone just took a big slice out of me and now i'm just like this pizza that isn't a full circle anymore and i don't know what to fill the empty slice spot with i don't know if i want to put the same piece back or find a new piece or just leave it empty forever or just throw away the pizza that i was and bake a new pizza that ends up being a cheesecake bake a new pizza baby I don't know. So You're a cheesecake. I like before that. we started this podcast, we did the big little life one, um, our latest one, and it's we just I don't know, like we don't want to get into deep religion on this podcast. It's not what it's for. It's not what we want it to be. Um, but we think it, it feels like there's a because of things we said, because of podcasts we've had and vlogs we've done. There's definitely like a a a. Uh, I would say like a, an image that we've portrayed of ourselves. And I guess we're just coming on and saying it's probably not the same image anymore. Like, like we're definitely going through a, a in the words of Hillary Duff, a metamorphosis. Um, 
And we don't really know what we're going to come out as. So for all of you people who are sending in questions. Thank you so much. Thank for you so all much. And we will be answering prayers and suggestions and scriptures to read here and thoughts about this and quotes from these people. Oh, and... yeah. I was talking about like questions for taking sides. Like, oh, okay. I was going to say, I was saying we're totally answering all of them. It just might not be, in some cases, the answer you might have expected. And I think it's good. Like, Dallin and I are growing, and we might not be growing into, like, what some specific listeners want us to grow into. And that's cool. That's cool. Um, And we might not be giving the same answers as we used to give when we first started this. I feel like this whole, like, it's almost embarrassing for me. Like, it's like looking at your baby book with people but it's like a lot of people like the, especially the big little life podcasts. Like I think about podcasts we did in the beginning uh-huh. and I think about podcasts we're doing now and it just, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, so it's so many a, ages in, in a way and stages. It's cool Cause yeah. you can just see our maturity in some, in like some in knowledge levels and, and our relationship grow as we've talked about things. We and meet dealt with like our and... neighbors and they find out we have a podcast and I'm always like, don't listen to it. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't listen to it. To it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just start from last week or something. <laughs> it's like, it's just like yeah. us kind of like quote unquote naked in front of the world going yeah. through so many, there was the whole marriage therapy season, which was rough. Rough. That was real rough. That was but real rough. Has become a much more beautiful. It's become thing. great. It was much more than just marriage therapy. I mean, we dove into like the source of what's bringing out these problems in our marriage, and it turns out for me, a lot of it was my feelings of inadequacy and lower self-esteem, and deep down, like never feeling good enough, and tied that back to so many things that had to do with the church and what I was taught and what I'd read in books. And quotes from leaders past and present and combined with, you know, the, the quote unquote shelf that, you know, Mormons have or believers have. And it's something that you need faith in. Mm-hmm. And when something that comes up seems to contradict, you kind of, if you don't have a good answer for it, you just set it on your shelf, you know. And the, the sh- my shelf had been growing a lot in weight recently. And man, talking with our therapist really opened up a whole can of worms. Then COVID hit where we just hadn't gone, haven't been going to church for a long time, kind of step away for a little bit. And just think about things and we've done a lot of research, a lot of reading and, and I don't know where we are. Um, and and it's just been, it's been a trip. That's for dang sure. Never, never thought I'd be asking the questions I'm asking right now, but that's all we're doing is asking honest questions, asking questions of the soul, not telling ourselves, Oh, we shouldn't ask that. We shouldn't ask that. We should just think this. We should just think this. We should just think this. We should right. just do this. We should just have faith. Can you sense the anger in Dallas? And, um, and so I just, we, before we clicked record, I was just like, gosh, I just feel like there's this elephant in the room. And so Ash was like, hit record. <laughs> like, I'll <laughs> and say And that's it. what you just heard. It's, so Ash, thank you. That well, was really, you it, worded it better than I probably much, would have. I feel like people going through faith transitions or faith evolutions, you know, like you kind of surround yourself, maybe not always, but I feel like we did with people of a very similar faith. So you almost, it's only natural. there's this coming out process where you kind of have to be like, Hey, I'm not there anymore. Can we still be friends? Gosh, we'll just, yeah, man. It's especially with a high demand religion, like Mormons, you know, beautiful church. So many great things about it. Um, they also are very specific about a lot of things that you should believe. And, uh, it, man, um, we're just kind of coming out as not 
knowing what we believe anymore. Yeah. And it's, I guess to all of our family members who might be listening to this, we're too scared to tell you to your face. Yeah. And that's where we are. That's where we are. A lot of late nights talking and studying and crying and thinking and, um, long walks in the mountains and beautiful moments and like self-discovery moments. And it's really, I feel like the luckiest man in the world to be going through this together with Ashley and having somebody who is so non-judgmental and is such a good listener and validator instead of just reverting to a script. Like, no, don't say that. Or you shouldn't think it. Just look at it this way. No, I, I just remember- Ashley is so good at listening to me and saying, wow, yeah, or just like, you're just such a good listener and I really, really, really appreciate that about you. I feel like I've been wanting Dallin to talk to me our whole marriage. And I was always the one that said that would get fearful and scared or, or judgy when Ashley would bring up like a concern about polygamy or whatever, you know, or like or women a, versus men in the church. And I'd just be like, no, just see it this well, way. Well, just Look at anything, this way. like not even religious stuff. I always feel felt like Dallin and I were really great friends, but well, people who I'm like best friends with, I feel like. I can talk to them about anything and that they'll, that they like freely talk to me and Dallin's just been holding in. Like he just talks to me now. Like he never have to, has talked to me before. And I've been like, like we would get in fights and I'd be like, I don't even know you. Like, who are you? What do you want? I'm just trying to be who I'm what told you, I should be. What do you okay? love? Like, what are, what are your that's dreams? What I, that's why I look back and see myself like what I was actually trying to do yeah. back then. I remember I was just trying to live out the role that I'm told I should should live out my whole life. Yeah. I remember we got a question once. It was like a, a someone who was in a relationship with someone who wasn't of their faith. And I remember our ans- my answer back then was like cuz I didn't know like I had never been in a relationship with someone who wasn't of my faith. And that's why this podcast is kind of risky for us. Like, we don't know if we're giving you good advice. I don't know. Like, it's just our, what we know. But I remember telling her, like, I think on the podcast, like, for me, like, that's really important. And it's a big thing for me. Um, And when it happened to me, when, like, Dallin kind of started talking to me about some questions he had about the church, I just realized it wasn't, like, my... And, an overwhelming feeling that was like more prominent than any feeling I've had was just, well, I love you more than your religion. Like, I don't care if you're not my religion. I just want, like, I just want, you're my friend. Like you're my best friend. You're my husband. And that's such a healthy stance. Transcends like you can have whatever beliefs you want and I'll have whatever I want and we don't have to control each other. I just want to be married to you. Yeah. And And that's not like Dallin was afraid I would be like, well, it's time for a divorce. Well, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what the church teaches. Elder Holland says you should put Elder Holland in like the, his flagship marriage talk at BYU said you should only like the only person you put before your spouse is God, AKA, you know, the church, because the church teaches that it's God's kingdom on earth. They don't teach that you can't marry someone of another faith. Uh, I think they caution against it. I mean, maybe I'm just referencing more Boyd K. Packer book type stuff rather than what's said in general conference i don't know i don't know i just we're I, getting into very specific things here i know there's a culture of being of 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 warning people to marry someone of your same faith but i don't i don't know where i mean it's the whole I, doctrine of the church that in order to go to the highest level of the of heaven you got to marry somebody in the temple right that's true right right so yes i don't know i don't know 
I don't want to bash. Unless that's I just a wanna, policy. I don't want to bash. That will get changed later. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Let's go on to some questions, shall we? That's where we are. Elephant in the room. Man. Now we can all move on. And we have some amazing friends. Such amazing friends that I'm scared to talk to about this. The Jurgies. Tell the birds. Cody Bria. Our people in our ward. And it's our not like we're totally. Like our church. Our, yeah, our church. Love them so much. And I'm just afraid about what, I don't know. It's not like we're long gone. We're just having really big questions and struggles right now. Mm-hmm. We should probably just What do you do? Invite him to, him to dinner? Like, what do you do? I don't know what to do. Bryce listens to this podcast. So Bryce, I'm going to call you. <laughs> and I love you. And I hope you still love us. Okay. Read the next. For all we know, maybe they've gone through the same things, you know? And I'm oh. sure a lot of people listening have too. And uh, thank you guys so much for not judging us and giving us patience as we're striving to do with everybody else. And if you do judge us, that's cool too, because we've judged people too. Yeah. And if I've ever said anything about the LGBT community that was rude, I'm so sorry. I have a much more open mind towards that now too. Just throwing that out there. It's a good thing to throw out. Okay. Um, Yeah, we love you so, so much. And um, we feel more... Feel more empathy Free and understanding. I guess I'm just making my own decisions there rather than just go off of what... I mean, the church's narrative around views on LGBT it's people very, is changing right now anyways. Very, like, it's it's constantly it's getting... I mean, it's gone from very, very bold, extreme statements to much more loving, empathetic. Like, but still, it's not approved, but we still love you a whole bunch. It's kind of like, we love you so it's much, definitely, but. Yeah, it's definitely improved, and who knows what it'll be like in 25 years. I guess years. we feel free, like, we, we're not... We haven't left our religion or anything, but we're very, we feel very free to say we don't stand with our church with that at all. Nope. Oh, man. Gosh. If somebody wants to love somebody, like, who the heck is anybody else to say that you shouldn't be allowed to? If anyone wants to have an angry conversation about the rights of people, call Dallin because he's (laughs) ready. All right. Okay. We love you guys. And let's move on. We have our first email. I clicked on it because it sounded like sounded like an issue that ash and i probably have had this literally sounds like that one or uh yeah okay anyways let me find it dang it i lost it let's go to commercial break and we'll be right back stay tuned for more taking sides the marriage podcast we are supported by BetterHelp. You guys hear us talk all the time about how much a therapist helped us both individually and as a couple. We recommend going to betterhelp.com where they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It is so easy. It's all online. It is private. It is convenient. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling. They will match you with a counselor specific to your needs. Things such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Everything you share is confidential, it is professional, and it's affordable. Especially for you guys, listeners of Taking Sides the Marriage podcast, because we got you a 10% off code for your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com slash taking sides, and you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash taking sides for 10% off your first month of professional counseling. Okay, I found it. This is called Baby Noises and Partners Mental Health. You see where I'm coming from? (laughs) Noises. I have a thing with noises. Don't know what it is. Don't know if it's just... I read somewhere that 
said, if you got in trouble a lot for crying as a kid, then kids crying will really, really bother you as an adult. I don't know if that's true or if crying is just generally anxiety inducing because we've been evolved to recognize that as an alert that uh, the children nearby dependent on us need us. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like it bugs me more than you. Do you remember when the babies were in our room sleeping? Yeah. Like you could not relax. No, I was like so like walking on eggshells, like so stressful to me. It's a dream. (laughs) Babies are the best. They're the best. All right. Um, baby noises and partners mental health. Hello, Dal and Ashley. Love the vlog and podcast. I listen to your podcast during my work day and it really makes the day better and go by faster. I technically have two questions, one for me and one for my friend. Okay. My friend is the stay at home mom to her six month old. He is the best baby, generally quiet, sleeps through the night, etc. But he's actively teething and he's taken up a high pitched squealing when he gets tired, bored or generally uncomfortable. My mm. friend has a few sensory issues. One of them specifically being an aversion to high-pitched sounds. I remember Dallin talking about having similar issues with sound. What did you do when the loud noises your babies made began to mess with your sanity? Well, I would punch a hole in the dresser and then I would go outside and rip my hair out. Okay. Wouldn't recommend it. Whoa, pause. Everyone was always safe. (laughs) Dallin was never holding the baby and he was never near the baby. Okay, I never punched a hole in a dresser. He dented it. Maybe one time I dented... A little shelf. Do we even want to say it's this? okay? It's okay. I can d- I can nope, stop and okay. delete it. Um, Dallin I'm a little embarrassed. Has a <laughs> he has a really hard. This is this was part of our therapy even like where I'd be like I don't know how to. They've grown up a lot and it's a lot better. But I was just like I don't know how to to like parent with like I need a break sometimes when they're crying and I and Dallin can't handle the noise and it's not him being selfish and it's not him being like a schmuck it's just like he literally can't function with like a screaming baby like the one thing i used to have struggle with scrupulosity which is like i would internalize things going wrong and make that equal i must have done something to deserve this right and i would always be like tell they're just babies they just cry right but in my head it would automatically go to if i were a better parent these kids wouldn't be crying right now and I would feel really bad about myself. That was one thing that we so that, discovered don't do that. and hopefully straighten out a little bit. We're kind of, I mean... I've grown a lot of empathy for children and it's been great therapy there. We're just having another baby, hopefully. And we're just trying to like approach it with a more like come what may and love it mindset. I mean, yeah. As, also like, just learning like about Dallin's babies. big issues were like like sensory and sound and and never feeling like he could relax when the baby like never knowing if the baby was going to sleep like not wanting to go to sleep because what if the baby wakes up and then it just wakes me up was it even worth going to sleep and then i had a lot of issues revolving around like self-care and mental health and and we're just like we don't have a lot of good answers because we I mean, we've done great. Like we have two healthy, happy children and we're healthy and happy. But those like first, I mean, you guys watched our vlogs. I don't know how much we revealed, but it was like, it's a rough run of it. Our kids never slept. George literally didn't sleep for 18 months. George is a really bad James sleeper. James wouldn't let Dallin hold I her for a year. I got into this zone where I felt like the world was being unjust to me because I felt like I deserved this sleep and anything that disturbed that sleep was uh those the thought the thought that um the world is unfair to me 
I read this in a, C, a CBT book, the cognitive behavior therapy book about how thoughts produce your emotions, produce your behaviors. And the thought behind uh, anger and resentment is uh, you're being treated unfairly or have a fear of being taken advantage of. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And it's so the, the prevailing thought is like something is unfair here. I'm doing something wrong or or something is not just here because I feel like I deserve this sleep. Or like des- you deserve perfection. I deserve like, yeah, I deserve this baby to not be crying so much at me. And those thoughts would, would, would cause feelings of anger and resentment where learning about how babies function and their brain develops. If I could read a book, any choose any book to read, it would be what to expect when and understanding the... There's the, a book, what to ba- expect when you're expecting. What to expect? Well, that's just when you're expecting. But what to expect when? Like as your child develops, month two, four, six, first year, like 18 months, two years, what to expect from them, what to not expect from them, and therefore not resent them because they're not giving you what you're expecting from them. Right. You know? Baby number one, baby number two. Dallin led a lot with this anxiety. And I led a lot with this. I need to give all of myself to Dallin and to my babies. Well, I was giving all myself too. Neither no, of like, us were doing taking care of ourselves. Either. Okay. Well, I just I had a lot of anxiety over not giving. We were both all of doing myself. the best we could with the understanding we had so at the time. That's what we have to say about We're just trying to roll into baby number three as we should have rolled into baby number one, with like reading this book you speak of. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there, and like we want to take. There's this girl taking care of babies on Instagram. She has a sleep course. We want to take it. Um, I don't know. I have no good answers for so you. So anyways, um, there are CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the most commonly common, one of the most popular therapy approaches like from therapists today. And it is the idea that your thoughts, that some underlying thought that you hold and believe is producing emotions that are, that are producing behaviors that are either good or bad. And so therapy kind of helps you drill down to what are these thoughts, underlying thoughts that are causing you to feel this way, which is causing you to behave a certain way. And I uncovered that my feelings of this world being unfair or that uh, this is, this is babies or whatever, this is causing a, an imbalance here. Something like, wrong with you is causing your babies not or to Or something be easy. wrong with me. Like what did, I would say in the middle of the night, like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, I would be so mad that George is crying for like the fourth time or something when in reality, um, it was nothing. I am a good person and it's just how babies are. Some babies are worse than others at sleeping. Maybe there are other things we could have done. Or just like, for maybe George, it's not know. even George. Maybe it's just like we were noobs and didn't know how to make sure he was warm and didn't yeah, know how but to anyways that those were producing all my feelings of anger and resentment and lots of stress and anxiety. Uh, so I am, I am, I am taking charge of the narrative in my head and not letting it be on autopilot because a brain on autopilot, according to Tony Robbins is a, a life on autopilot. A brain on autopilot is a life of stress and anxiety yeah. Like your brain is really good at keeping you alive and safe. It's not good at thriving and, and making you happy. That wasn't what it evolved to do. You know, it evolved yeah. to help you eat a lot of food to prepare for the next famine and avoid, you know, run away and kill saber-toothed tigers. Find a mate. Find a mate and want to have sex with it. Yeah. Let it be known like 
this is a very pointed question at a very hard part of parenting. Like we obviously love our children and, and there were so many beautiful, happy, joyous moments course, having course. babies. There are just, I feel like having babies you ha- have like for us, we had like incredible joy and just like incredible, like struggle. And we're hoping with baby number three, we can kind of like live in the, in the middle ground a little bit more instead of like oscillating back and forth. Right. That's our, that's our hope. It's, um, it's like following in harmony with natural law, not stressing things, not forcing things and just, uh, learning about all that we can about babies and from professional sleep trainer. We're excited to take that course. And it's uh, not sleep training. I it's, it's not like cry it out. Well, I mean, just understanding and helping yeah, to helping, create the best environment possible for your like newborn that is entirely dependent on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I would say um, maybe it's maybe it's a phobia, but most phobias come from, you know, something that happened to you growing up or some major, major trauma or something that caused you to have a certain uh, very strong emotions about something. And I would definitely recommend going to therapy to or to your friend, I guess, to go to therapy to, to figure out why they have such an aversion to these high-pitched sounds and see what the, what the underlying narrative is in their head to see if you can replace it with a new narrative, a healthier narrative, one that serves you and, um, and that you're taking care of yourself. And if like, if all else fails, set the baby in a safe place and leave for a little bit, you know, whatever you need. Yeah, I would say like, like I think down go take some big breaths outside or get like change your scenery for a little. You bit. Usually, know you need to to do that like a minute after you should have done that, yeah, or like when you're kind of like yeah. a, just having a panic attack. Um, and this applies to lots of other things too, not just crying babies. I would say too, like maybe talk to her and or have her kind of like talk to herself, like accept that you have this and that doesn't make you broken or not as good parent like that's just who you are like you struggle with this sensory issue and maybe your baby will too and just kind of you can lead with empathy if your baby struggles with that too but also i would just accept it and find ways to help yourself cope like instead of trying to change yourself or feeling and guilty not telling yourself you shouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling because that's no, like not healthy i at all. struggle recognize that and accept it about yourself I struggle with high pitched noises and my baby makes a lot of those. And, and this is what my, pl- this is my plan when this happens. Like maybe because I love myself. So, this is my plan. I know my sister sometimes like when they're like, she's been known to wear earplugs sometimes. Like when her little baby wakes up at night, I love my in the Bose middle of the night, she headphones. just puts on her, it puts in her earplugs so she can just tenderly rock her baby maybe for an hour while her baby just, she has these night terrors and she just is able to not you know like like you're still physically there for your baby but in your head you're listening to your favorite song or something on yeah. your bows like well, man in, love yourself treat yourself with some high quality noise canceling to headphones. keep you from going into like from being like miserable and your ears hurting and so like maybe get some bose headphones and you can still hear you know like you can still hear and, and you can just keep your calm demeanor and it does give love for and me. affection and physical touch without feeling like you're just kind of like killing your soul because of the noise i love my bose headphones so yeah, much Dallin's such a like good, i can <laughs> Dallin is a better dad because of his bose I am. headphones. i am mm-hmm. and they're so great and they were 300 dollars, best 300 dollars i've ever spent wireless and the noise canceling is so good but you can still hear a little bit so you could hear like if well, yeah, it, and unless then, like, like a six month old isn't going to talk to you or anything. When you, but. 
and then uh, you can be off rocking out your favorite song, but still being physically there for the baby that needs you to and rock like it or hold them. it or yeah. whatever until you're ready Listening to, to come an back audiobook. Well, and then be mentally present for a little bit, you know, but man, if I were you, I would get your friend get some, some Bose sweet headphones. Bose headphones for Christmas. They would okay. love you forever. All right. Uh, part two of her email. Oh, one other thought before I forget it. I was talking with a therapist because I'm looking to go to get my marriage and family therapy license and master's. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that. I was talking to the head of the department at SUU and he's talking about some research on happiness. And he said, 10% of happiness has to do with like your income. And that stops once you start making more than $75,000. Once you are making more than $75,000 a year, um, all of your basic needs are met unless you live in like a crazy expensive place like New York or San Francisco or something. Your All of your needs are met and you're still able to do some fun things too. Like uh, according to at least uh, happiness levels, it doesn't statistically significantly improve above 75000 a year. 40% is what you're doing with your life to be a happy, fulfilled person. Are you like doing things that fulfill you and give you a sense of mission and purpose in your life? And a sense of belonging and all that good stuff. And the other 50% was genes. Isn't that crazy? What you were born with. 50%. So I was like, well, what if you're born with bad happiness genes? I guess these are the people that have chronic depression and anxiety. And it's so sad. That's sad. And there's, it's like 50%. I used to think that it was like a, a thing that... You could just, just like buck up, buck up and cowboy up and carry on, you know, mm-hmm. like studies show that 50% has to do with your genes. So, yeah, I mean, um, like I see in me and I don't know how much is nurture or nature, but I see in me, I see it in my mom and I see it in some of my sisters and I see it in my aunts and, you know, like, like you can kind of trace the trail. Yeah. So it's like, what do you even, how do you even affect that 50%? Are you only left up to medication? Well, or is it like, I don't know how much percent if you you have have another 50% that you can do hap? I don't know. Like does, does good exercise and healthy eating and staying in harmony with natural law and no harmful addictions. Like, is that all in the 40% or can that help the other 50% of your genes? You'll have to go to school to find out. I'll have to go to school to to be continued. So I guess that's kind of a cliffhanger. I'm sorry about that. If you've heard about, about that or you know any more about that, please right into taking sides with the dashes at gmail.com. Cause I'd be really curious to know mm-hmm. he was citing a textbook, the science of happiness or psychology of happiness or something like that. <laughs> You're like I really want to read it at me. Like I have answers. Yeah. I really wanted to read it anyways, more on that. Cause it's something that I want to study right now. Okay. She says my boyfriend and I have been together for about a year. We have our own place and I think he's an amazing individual. He's very caring, selfless and thoughtful. But he has had, but he has on and off issues with severe depression. And unfortunately, his unwillingness to treat this is starting to cause a heavy strain on my own mental health. My own recent issue was yesterday on my birthday. I am a first shift worker and he typically works second. So it's nothing new for me to get up earlier than him, start tidying the house and beginning my day. I've had a rough couple days between a lot of strains at work, making arrangements for my toddler nephew who will be coming to live with us in a few days trying to help my boyfriend work through his own mental health struggles and the anxiety caused from not being able to keep my house as clean as I like it. 
So unfortunately, my day had a rough start on its own. When my boyfriend woke up, he wanted me to come back to bed and snuggle, and I told him I was just going to take a little more time to decompress and have some me time. This upset him as he moped into the bedroom, and somehow that joining all the other emotional burdens I've been carrying broke me and put me into a panic attack. I've had anxiety attacks before, but never anything like this. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. My breathing was scarily shallow. After I had some time to recover from this, my boyfriend apologized, and we ordered some pizza, watched some YouTube videos together, and everything felt okay. That was until I wanted to leave the house for an hour or two to go to the dollar store and lunch with a friend. And he instantly dipped in what I didn't know would be a depression spiral. I went to leave and found that when he left to pick up the pizza earlier, he accidentally locked my keys in the car, which is no big deal. Accidents happen. I asked if I could borrow his car and he threw a fit. So I just walked up. My boyfriend picked me up along. I just walked and my boyfriend picked me up along the way. Skip to us talking about things later that night. He was struggling to communicate his feelings, but was obviously upset and sad. He was convinced that he ruined my entire birthday. I tried to explain that he didn't as... I am not the kind of person to focus on the negative aspects of my days. He went on about how he feels like he ruins everything for me and everyone around him. He feels like he's not going anywhere in life, down to the fact that he went out driving while I was gone that day and wanted to drive his car off a bridge. Oh my gosh, that's that's so sad. I've been trying to get him into therapy or to talk to his doctor about medication, but I can't get him to make any steps toward improving his own mental health, and it's hurting me to have to be responsible for his happiness having to piggyback his mental health on top of my own. I love him so much, but I can't live like this. What can I do to help someone who refuses to help themselves? How do I help him make more friends so he's less lonely and less dependent on me alone? Sorry for the novel. Thank you guys so much for any advice you have to offer. Um, Man, that's so rough. I guess uh, what I said earlier about happiness kind of was a good pre, pre-ramble to this. Um Maybe just understanding for your boyfriend, okay, we are not therapists, and I would recommend so much that you start by going to a therapist on your own. Even just you. It just sounds like you, you could... Just you. Just and they will have professional advice. Help you with, with your own anxiety. And also, you can talk about, like, there's no rules. Like, you can talk about your relationship with him, too. And, like, she can give you, or he or she could give you really great words to, like, help you through situations when you're dealing with your boyfriend who when he's in kind of like a depression cycle yeah and just teach you things like just the thing that i just said 50 percent of your happiness is your genes what you were born with and um who knows maybe your boyfriend either has a lot of thoughts that aren't serving him and causing like un- self, unhelpful lots emotions of or thoughts. maybe he was born with some genes that aren't really helpful to his mental health you know we, we don't know but um I guess just understanding that alone kind of takes some of the shame away from the fact that you're being depressed yeah. because men are told, you know, growing up, we're all told to buck up and man up and cowboy up partner and like just uh, carry on, you know, push through it, all that type of stuff. But it's okay to slow down and focus on your own mental health too. Men, men's brains are just as susceptible to, you know, depression, anxiety as anybody else's brain. Women are just better at talking about their emotions well, than I mean, men Well, I mean, that's what we've learned. Like, Dallin starts going to therapy and, and we kind of, or he kind of accepts of himself, like all of these things that I was more open about, he suddenly sees them in himself too. So I don't, I don't, you can't make anyone go to therapy. It sounds like he could use like some help. Just somebody to talk to, a, a mental health professional, like, man, I wish it was more 
of a thing. I wish it was no stigma around it at all. I wish it was just as common as going to the doctor when you break or hurt something. You get the flu. Your brain is a physical organ. This is another thing I'm learning in a psychology course that I'm taking online. Your brain is a physical organ with physical processes happening in it, just like a heart beating or a muscle contracting. Your brain has things in it and chemicals in it. Chemical imbalances are just as real as spraining your ankle. And it's not this mysterious thing where you have something wrong with you or whatever. There's just something amiss up there that could be helped with with talk therapy, with medication, with any combination, with CBD oil, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, I just wish that there was zero stigma around it. Unfortunately, there is, there is, but it's going away rapidly. I really feel like this generation more than any other generation is more, is, is more comfortable more than any other generation before is more comfortable with acknowledging that they're going to a therapist and being proud of it rather than like something that needs to be hush hush. Yeah. I would say I don't, you can't like, you can't make him go. So I think it would be really great for you to go if you could Absolutely. just for yourself and for some like, advice on your relationship even and then i would make a loving request and it would i think it'd be really hard to say no or you might have a better chance of him saying yes if you say something like i've been going to a therapist and and i'd really love for you to come with me as a support i'd really love to talk about like our relationship and you can even just make it about you like will you please come with me uh-huh and then just he can be and don't have any expectations and I really think if you went by yourself a couple of times and like when we first started, Dallin went by himself the first couple of times and I was kind of like this very like timid, like I was like, I don't want to go to therapy. Like I don't want to talk to someone. I don't... And the first guy we didn't really click with. So we found well, another like... guy, which is, you should feel so fine doing. No, Do but... not feel obligated to keep going to the same person. What I'm saying is like after hearing Dallin do it and kind of, he would talk to me about his experience and, and what they were, what it was like, it was a lot less scary for me to go so yeah. i don't know maybe just start going by yourself and be really open about what you're learning and what you're going through and what you're talking about if you want to and it might become less of a scary thing or less of a like i don't want to go there like who knows what they're going to do there kind of thing for your boyfriend uh-huh and uh you guys heard the ad for this podcast better help one of our sponsors we're super proud to be sponsored with them uh, where it's all online and you can look up a therapist and we have a like 10% off code, which, uh, was there in the ad and it's in the, it's in the show notes of this, this uh, podcast as well. And many others, if you want to use our link and go try out like a virtual therapist, which is more happening more now than ever with COVID and, um, just find somebody you think you'll resonate with, read their bio and, just meet with them. And, and if you don't like them, go find another one on better helper or, or anywhere else, a local one. I prefer talking in person. I don't know like the science behind it, but, and I, I know there probably is just like literally voicing, like probably writing this letter helped you feel better, Yeah. but just voice, like talking to someone and just getting it out of your body, like getting it out of you. It feels, it's, it's like such a release, such a release. And to talking to somebody who's not judging you, who's just validating you saying, I understand why you would feel that way. That must be so hard. You have every right to feel these things like it. They're professional validators. That's for dang sure. It's very different than talking to like your spouse. Like I can't help it. Like, or a person with heavy, they're just our therapist that we found. He's just like, he emanates like empathy Mm -hmm. and you just feel it feels it's such a release to just like talk to someone and really feel like they're listening to you yeah 
So, so definitely would recommend you starting there and getting professional advice specific to you there and then kind of reassuring your boyfriend that um, it's a safe place. It's a safe place and he's a really good guy or girl and you would love him to come with you be, for the sake of your relationship. There's no no shame in it at all. It's, it's I wish it was zero stigma about it, just as normal as going to talk to a doctor about a broken leg. Freaking broke my femur. You're not going to just tough that out. Yeah. You know, you're not going to tough a broken femur out or even just you're going to go get a cast on that leg. Even just a cough. You don't have to have a broken femur. Free. Or I know. I was just doing go. something extreme. Like so obvious yeah. that you should go talk to a professional and get get that healed. Same goes for your brain. OK. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. And you guys are the best. Go join the Facebook group and we will see you next time.